0: Bible. A deeper dive into the books of the Bible. Greetings and welcome to Pondering the Bible. I'm your co-host Ken Corkins and with me as always is my longtime friend and pastor Rocky Ellison. Hello. This is season two episode 15 and we pray that we're sponsored by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So we're going to continue our walk through the Gospel of Matthew. Um, we left Jesus last week at the lake, right? He right. was sitting on a boat teaching the people, telling the parable of the sower, which we thought should have been called the parable of the seeds. But Right. Um, but we're going to keep moving forward here. So what chapter and verses are we going to cover this week? Uh, it's
1: a little odd. Um, Jesus tells – actually – Jesus has been telling parables all through his ministry, but this is where Matthew decides to finally start recording them. And Matthew's going to record three parables uh, in a row, and then he's going to decide to go back and tell us what the, what Jesus had to say about the first of the, the three. Um, so tonight we're going to read the first of the three parables, and then we're going to jump ahead to the explanation. Uh, unlike Matthew, we're going to keep it all together. And then
0: next week, we'll go back and we'll get parables two and three. I was gonna say as I was reading through it's kinda of like Matthew kind of went on a reminiscing trip. <laughs> and then you know this other cool story that Jesus used to tell. Yeah, I remember the story he used to tell and then, oh wait, I forgot I left you with hanging about the first parable, so I have to go back and kind of pick it up. You're and probably gonna want to know about that. Yeah. So all right. So what what uh, actual verses are we reading out of Matthew 13? So we're Matthew
1: chapter thirteen and we'll be reading verses twenty-four through thirty. And then we'll jump to 36 through 43. Uh, And tonight I'm doing something a little bit different. Um, In the United States today, uh, among evangelical Christians, uh, there is uh, an instructor out of a seminary in Denver named Craig L. Blomberg, who I think, as I said, among evangelicals is probably considered the United States' uh, best authority on the Gospel of Matthew right now, living authority. Uh, and and he's produced several books on, on Matthew. Uh, and when he finally did his full commentary on it, he's a very precise man. And he was so upset with every other translation out there that he decided, I will do my own for my book. <laughs> so what I'm reading from tonight is uh, Dr. Blomberg's own translation uh, of Matthew chapter 13, uh, which he thinks is the most accurate and the most direct. Um, And and it'll be reasonably close to what most people read. There are only some some smaller differences, but to him, those are very important differences.
0: I'll read along in the NLT and we'll call out any major differences if I find any. Uh,
1: So starting in verse 24 through 30, Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you are pulling the weeds, you may root up the wheat with them. Let's let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned. Then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. Uh, Now jumping ahead to verse 36. Then he left the crowd and went into the house. His disciples came to him and said, "'Explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field.' He answered, "'The one who sowed the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world, and the good seed stands for the sons of the kingdom. The weeds are the sons of the evil one, and the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the harvesters are angels.'"
0: And like I said, I was reading along that NLT. It's not that different. No, not terribly different. Yeah. Uh, you could, I could follow along, okay. And I'm not a smart man. <laughs> I'm not a smart man. <laughs> All right. So that was kind of an interesting story. We kind of jump into some end of the world eschatology stuff in on this one. Yeah. So, so right off, um, we said that uh, he, Jesus had been out, out at the lake. And he finally says, you know, time to go inside. So he he tells his last story and goes in. Um, but why tell this particular parable?
1: Um, remember, he'd had conflict with his family mm-hmm. and he was redefining who's in my family and who's out of my family. Uh, and, you know, basically who's, who's my follower, who believes I'm the Messiah and, and who's not embracing the truth. And – He's been explaining to the apostles, you know, there are a lot of people against me, uh, a lot of people especially in the religious establishment who just are not going to buy into what I've got to say, um, and they're eventually going to kill me. And and a very natural question for the apostles to bring up is if you're the son of God and there are bad people out there, why don't you just wipe them out? Right. You're, you're God. You can <laughs> smite me.
0: Smite me, almighty smiter! <laughs>
1: yes, you could do that. Why not just eliminate all the bad people and just leave the people that you know are going to embrace you and love you? Uh, and in fact, we could help with that. You know, you tell us what to do, we'll go do it. So, so why not do them? Do that to us. And that's the question that's brought
0: up this parable. Interesting. So he starts out um talking about uh another well uh, one of Jesus's favorite phrases is the kingdom of heaven. What's yeah. that all about?
1: Yeah, it's you see him use that a lot more in in Matthew than in any of the other gospels and it's confusing because Jesus will will say the kingdom of heaven is coming. And then at other points he'll say the kingdom of heaven is here among you. Uh and and he he bounces back and forth like like, well, this thing has happened, but, well, it hasn't happened yet, and it gets really confusing. Um, and what he's talking about is when Jesus first came uh, as an infant, we call that first advent. Mm-hmm. That started the kingdom of heaven here on earth. That was the beginning mm-hmm. of the kingdom of heaven. It will be completed when Jesus comes the second time, second advent. Mm. Uh, so you and I live in the kingdom of heaven. On Earth, we do, but it's not fulfilled yet. It hasn't come to its end, and so it's a a broken and bruised kingdom of heaven <laughs> with a lot of imperfections in it. But there's also really great glimpses of heaven that uh, and of eternity that other people never got to see who lived before Jesus. You and I got to see some of the amazing glimpses of what what life eternal will be like uh, in the presence of God. So it's better than it was before, but it's not as good as it's going to be. Uh, we say that you and I live in unrealized eschatology. There are good things that are going to happen at the end that have not yet happened. When Jesus comes back the second time, that will be realized eschatology, and everything will be made perfect. So Jesus is explaining why if he's here and he's God, things, there's still some bumps in the road. Ouch.
0: Yes. Okay. Um, so let's kind of talk about the the parable. Yeah. What really happens in this parable, right? We've got um, we've got the parable and then we've got the explanation. Let's kind of walk through it. Um, what's kind of happening here? Um, we're talking about, like you said last week, the hero in Jesus' parables is a farmer, right? Not the king. Yeah. It's, it's a common guy, yeah. right? Although he's probably kind of wealthy because he has servants that are going to pick the crop for him, but it doesn't mean he's like, you know, rich as a king or anything. So, what kind of happens in this parable?
1: Yeah, it's there. There's uh, he has several different players in this one, and fortunately for you and me. Uh, we're not gonna have any doubt about who the players are, cause in the second set of verses, he, he gives us a really clear definition of each one, so we can attach good meaning to each of the characters as they come in. It starts off with a, a farmer who is planting wheat. He's the head guy, he's the owner, he is the one who causes the crop to be and to grow. Uh, and then he has a competitor who comes in and sabotages his crop. Uh, and when he's informed uh, as the crop starts growing up that it's been sabotaged, he immediately says, aha, we have an enemy who did this. Uh, and, and I know my, my own first thought was, um, it sounds a little paranoid. Why, yeah. why, why wouldn't you think, well, I just got some bad seed uh, in with my good seed? Uh, why would you assume automatically that you've been sabotaged? Well, even the the,
0: the servants asked that question. Yeah. Didn't you plant good seed? Yeah, yeah. You know, what happened? Why, why are there weeds in our – Field here, and and fortunately because of the explanation and
1: because of the Greek uh, that Jesus uses, uh, or that Matthew uses rather, uh, we know exactly what's happened here. It was a real thing in Jesus's day for farmers to sabotage more successful farmers. Oh, man. I didn't know that was a thing.
0: Nor did I. I didn't think they had time for that. No. No. <laughs> They're just eking out a living. I ain't got time to be messing with my neighbor over there. So if somebody's producing a really good
1: crop, you sabotage his crop so that, so that people will still buy yours or so that prices will remain a little higher. And uh, particularly with wheat farmers, um, there is a, uh, a wheat imitator – Called Lollium temeculum. Um, sometimes in uh, in King James version, you'll see this translated as tears. T a r e s. Tears, tears. And uh, Blomberg translated as weeds. Several others translated as weeds. But in the Greek, we get the actual word for the crop, uh, and it's it's a plant that looks exactly, I mean exactly, like wheat. Up until it's ready for harvest. And then, and only then, you can see that it's very slightly different. Hmm. But it's, it's so close that without a good eye, you, you can't tell that it's slightly different. Uh, and it's poison. Oh, no. Uh, people that eat it, if they eat just a little bit, immediate nausea, stomach aches, uh, fevers. Uh, but if you get enough of it, it can kill. It is wow. deadly and fatal. So it would destroy your reputation as a farmer if you were to collect all of this – and sell it to people you know with the good and the bad mixed together, uh, unfortunately, until it's time to harvest the crop, you can't tell that it's in there. And the other problem that you've got is uh, if you grab this lollium and it, the the roots on wheat go straight down so okay. they can get a lot of good water. The roots on lollium go sideways, and they wrap themselves around any other roots they find. So if you grab this weed, this lollium, this poisonous plant, and you pull it out, you rip out the good plants too. So here you are just prior to harvest. You're about to get your crop, but if you pull this bad bad one out, um, you're going to kill all of your crop and have absolutely nothing. But you can't harvest it all and sell it, so you have a real problem. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, uh, if, if you recognize it. Um, And so you have to wait for the wheat to mature and and actually be ready for your crop to come out of the ground. And, um, Jesus tells us that the farmer says, um, not your job to pull the the crop out. Wait until I send my harvesters at harvest time. They'll pull the crop out of the ground. They'll separate it into good to bad. Uh, we'll put the good in the barn and we'll burn the bad. Right. That kind
0: of explains one of my questions is, you know, why didn't they just Immediately rip that out. Yeah. And he says, no, 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 hold on. But now I understand because the roots are going to tear out the good stuff, too. And That's it. You lose you're, everything you're if tear you tear out the bad. It. Yeah. And that might be why this story kind of stays with you because you we'll see in the end when we <laughs> get to the explanation, you don't want to rip out everything. Right. To get rid of just the bad. So. Yeah. Um, so now, what is Jesus as – shall we jump to the explanation yeah, now? Yeah, let's. Okay. Yeah. So – We've got the 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 uh the harvest don't rip it out now let's get to the harvest and then we'll separate it, burn the bad and keep the good. but later on we skip a couple of uh the other parables for a moment but um then the disciples back in the house they, they asked Jesus okay Explain that one to us. This
1: thing's got to have deep meaning.
0: Yeah. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> like, I saw it happen last month, but yeah. why did you tell this story? Yeah, yeah. So what is Jesus' explanation? So he starts off by saying the farmer is him. He calls it
1: the son of man, but we right. know that's the phrase Jesus is using for himself. Um, and um, because we know that uh, he tells us that uh, the good seed are righteous believers and the bad seed is evil people, we now understand that what Jesus is sowing – um, is, is the crop that grows up and becomes saved and unsaved. Uh, and so one of the things we learn right there from Jesus' explanation is it's not your job to make a believer and it's not my job to make a believer. That's Jesus's job. Mm. It's your and my job to take care of people and to love them. But it's, it's the Holy Spirit that saves people. You and I don't do that right uh, we can work diligently in the name of christ and try to further the kingdom you hear that all the time but actual actual faith comes from the holy spirit comes from jesus and he's the only one that can plant that in someone's heart
0: so i should let go of the guy and pull him back up out of the water <laughs> well she turned me into a newt a newt i got better
1: I guess so cuz he's just you will be shaved just not going to buy in. <laughs> uh, the second interesting thing is, is he's really careful to define the field and I hadn't even thought of the field as being important. It's just the place where the stuff grows. Right. But Jesus points out right away, the field is the world. And so this is going to be kind of shocking to the apostles because it's not just Israel. Right. It's not just my local community. Jesus no. has bigger plans. Than just the nation of Israel. Salvation is for the whole world. And if you're one of the apostles at this point, that's a little shocking because you can't possibly mean Gentiles, right. can you? And Jesus is saying, yeah, that's exactly what I mean. That's why I'm telling you this. Otherwise, you
0: won't get it. It's, it's everyone. And in fact, they won't get it for a long time. Right. right. They don't right. understand right. for a long time, but <laughs> probably just starting to hint at this is bigger than just the Jewish yeah. people in yeah. Jerusalem and, and Israel.
1: I think it makes sense to us that the good seed are people who the Holy Spirit comes into their heart, they become believers. Uh the the tares or the lollium or the bad seed uh are are non-believers. Uh, and in fact, he even goes on to specifically identify some of their behaviors. Uh they they do evil and and this is a terrible thing to Jesus, they cause other people to sin. That's right. a big no-no. You're gonna destroy your own life, fine but don't drag somebody else down with you. That makes Jesus quite angry Mm. when when we do that. So he identifies them. The enemy farmer is obviously the devil. Uh, And and you and I typically have this this idea of, well, the devil is trying to destroy uh, our relationship with God. But according to Jesus, the devil is out actively recruiting souls. Mm. He is, he's, there are, He's the bad missionary to every Mother Teresa we, we have out there. He's, he's trying to win over people to wickedness and evil and to destroy their relationship with God the Father. The uh, devil is active and aggressive in that. And then this is where it gets uh, eschatological. The harvest – is Armageddon. Right. It's the second coming of Jesus. It's when uh, time on earth, as you and I know it, ends, and uh, good and evil come into their ultimate conflict. And then he talks about something that I had never really considered. Uh, I understand that there would be angels um, fighting in Armageddon, Mm -hmm. but Jesus refers to them as uh, reaper angels.
0: Right. Right. Which, they're um, going to separate the the good wheat from the bad wheat, yeah,
1: and, and I don't know why I'd never considered a reaper angel, but that's just that's just something that kind of hits
0: me. <laughs> well, I'd never thought of even the angels being part of that sorting process, quite yeah, honestly, I no, mean, uh, we usually think Jesus will stand in front right in the huge lines of you know all the people of all ages, and Jesus sorts them out, and yes, he's one of mine. You go on, or nope, not ours. Go go that way.
1: Very famously, when we get to Matthew chapter twenty-four, he's going to talk about separating the goats and the sheep, and and you know you. you but I never knew you, Lord. No, when you ignored the people in prison and the people who were sick, and you didn't ca- take care of the hungry, you ignored me, and 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 so you're a goat. Go that right. way. And, and he does the same thing for the sheep. When you visited the sick, when you visited those in prison, and so for a lot of us, and, and for me included that's been my concept of uh judgment is a sorting process everybody right. stands in front of jesus and jesus says you're a good one go to the right you're a bad one go to the left and he he said but in this parable jesus talks about it being a violent separation with angels harvesting out the bad and taking them to the fire
0: i guess that still falls in line jesus might say you're bad the angel says okay sir come with me you know <laughs> I don't know. We won't know, you know, it's hopefully is far away. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's, maybe it should happen now. We can just get this <laughs> over with, right? Get, go to the great place. But anyway. Um, and then at the end, he says something that I kind of found surprising. Um, let me read it from the NLT if I can find it real quick. Um uh, Jesus says, then the righteous will shine like the sun in their father's kingdom, which to me is foreshadowing transfiguration. Because this happens in 13, and the transfiguration is in chapter 17. Yes. And so only because we know about the upcoming transfiguration, it kind of reminds me of, you know, we said when Jesus transfigures, it's like our bodies will be when we get to heaven. We're all going to be shining. Right. With this amazing Energy, whatever yeah. you want to call it, when we get to heaven. So kind of a foreshadowing moment there. It's kind of cool. I think you're spot
1: on. He's he's foreshadowing his transfiguration and our resurrection. Interesting.
0: Any other thoughts? This one's kind of straightforward, right? We got uh-huh. we got a story. We learned some things, right? I didn't know about the the evil, wicked other farmers that are sabotaging other farmers. <laughs> that just kind of shocks me, actually. I'm like, wait a minute. You can't do that. But uh, anything else that we want to pull out of this one?
1: You know, the question that, that, that brought up the parable was, why don't you just get rid of the bad people? Why don't right. you just do that? Uh, and if we, if we accept this parable as, as Jesus' answer, then uh, Jesus effectively says, if I were to do that, that would harm you. Hmm. Uh, you wouldn't be as mature as you need to be. You wouldn't reach harvest time. Um, if I were to pull that crop out and and get rid of uh, it would it would damage you before you were ready to be harvested, so one of the things that I guess I'd never considered is elimination of the bad um, takes away a lot of the experiences that will make me the kind of person Jesus wants me to be. Uh, if all I have is just good in my life and everything goes my way and there's never any conflict or problems of any kind, I never grow up to be the person Christ wants me to be. And so he he's leaving bad purple people in the world until judgment time to help me. And I'd never really considered it that way. Nor had I, to be honest. And the other thing that comes up is he's really adamant with the workers about not your job to uh, separate uh, when they first identify the problem. And in fact, I have others specifically picked for that when he hits the second set of verses, the explanation. Uh, And to me, what he's telling us there is, It is not the church's job to identify people as good or bad. It's our job to just love everybody and let Jesus and the reaper angels make the call when the time comes. Uh, People may frustrate you, and that's okay, but it's not your call to say, this is a bad guy who shouldn't be sitting in my church. He looks like a Christian. He looks (laughs) like the real thing, but his roots are going sideways, and he shouldn't be here. Not your job, not our job as a church. Uh, Leave that to the Lord.
0: Kind of reminds me of a phrase that I've kind of picked up over the years. It's kind of a twist on something else. Um, You know, kill them all, let God sort them out. Yeah. It actually should be, love them all, let God sort them out. (laughs) Exactly. Right? That's kind of what he's saying here, so... All right. Have you given this sermon a title yet? Yeah, calling this one Similar But Different. Can I talk about them tears, huh? Yes. <laughs> All right. So if you'd like to listen to the sermon that Rocky delivers, it'll be on our website at www.ponderumc.org. The top is the menu called Ministries. Pull that down, go to Sermons, and then you look for the sermon Similar But Different. And this will have been delivered on March 13th, 2022. And with that, I think we'll close the episode. From the sound studios of Ponder UMC, this is Ken Corkins and Rocky Ellison reminding you to love God and be nice to people. Thank you for listening. You can find us at www.ponderumc.org. There, you can watch the live stream of our casual service, listen to replays of this and past sermons, and find other interesting information about us. This has been Pondering the Bible.